This is the Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. NBA insider Jordan Schultz joins me here. You follow him on Twitter at Schultz underscore report. Jordan, uh, so much has been made about Chris Paul's performance. Is the, the criticism of CP3 warranted here? Scott, I really didn't like how Beverly came out and said what he said. I thought you, you're breaking the code when you do that. Dame basically said the same thing as well, which is to say <clears throat> you can't come out and talk about conversations you've had in the locker room with players about other guys, especially guys like Chris Paul. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest point guards of all time. He did not have a good series. Leave it be. But talking about how you would go out at night before you played him because you don't respect his game, whatever it may be, is just ridiculous. But nevertheless, I think Chris would be the first one to tell you that he didn't play well and he needed to play well. The same goes for Devin and and, and DA. But the bigger picture for me is, you know, what is Phoenix going to do right now? Because Aiden is up for his rookie max. Booker's up for a four-year Supermax. Um, they really need to decide, specifically James Jones and ultimately the owner, Robert Sarver, if they're going to pay these guys. I, I think they should. I think they should run it back. You know, as, as poorly as Chris did play, you can't lose sight of the fact that this was the best regular season in franchise history, 64 wins. Yeah, and the question that I've been asking is, is this Suns window closed? You know, you go back, and, and this is a team that was, what, 8-0 in the bubble, and then they have success, they go to the finals, they blow a 2-0 lead, they're the best team in the regular season this year, and they fall short here in the playoffs, once again blowing a 2-0 lead. And to me, that no, no, I think the window is still super open, especially considering that, you know, if you look around the West, um, there are a lot of teams that you have question marks about. I know Dallas has played great, but uh, I don't think anybody expected Dallas to be in this position. You know, I think Utah is going to blow it up. You know, Golden State, has been a revelation of late, but, you know, they had question marks with injuries all year. Uh, you know, Memphis is another team on the rise. But as a whole, I think the West is probably not as strong as maybe a lot of fans would make it out to be. And and I haven't even mentioned, you know, Cam Johnson, another guy they're going to have to extend. So, you know, the, the the core of the Suns, Scott, is still extremely young, you know, with, with Devin, D.A., Cam, um, as well as Mikael Bridges. And, you know, the bottom line is, you know, Chris Paul is 37. And I think, you know, they, they have a contingency plan you know, or at least they thought they had one with campaign, but you know, he really played himself out of the rotation in, in the playoffs and he did not perform like he did last season in the playoffs. So to me, the, the, the bigger picture is you still have a really young team, a great head coach, Imani Williams, who was, who I thought was really well deserving to win coach of the year. And, you know, your, your core superstar, your number one player is 25 years old in D book finished fourth in MVP. So I, I'm not worried about that. I think, you know, the, the, the knee jerk reaction to Scott is this team is done They're They're, they're flawed. But overall, I think when we take a step back in a few weeks, we'll see this team is still very much uh, alive in the West moving forward. Well, Monty Williams won the coach of the year, uh, but I argued that if you gave out an award for the coach of the year in the postseason right now, it would go to Jason Kidd. Uh, how yeah. impressed have you been with the job that he's done with the Mavericks beyond and, and, and to a, to a degree, it's a surprise. You know, I think after what happened in Brooklyn and Milwaukee, uh, Jason went to the Suns or to the Lakers where he was an assistant head coach, associate head coach, and, you know, really developed a good relationship with Frank Vogel. And I, and I talked to Jason a lot, you know, after, after last season, but before he had gotten hired by Dallas and his thought process was if I can get to Dallas you know, I can help take Luca to another level because I've been that guy, you know, and, and I've been the, in that position as the point guard, as the lead dog, where everyone has to, everyone, everything revolves around me and, and how I play. 
and, and being a leader. And I think, you know, the way that Lucas started off the regular season where he was a little out of shape, did not play well, was really telling for that relationship. I think they both matured. And I think Jason deserves a lot of credit, Scott, for having matured as the head coach, especially given what happened in Milwaukee, where I know a lot of Bucks fans and even Nets fans were, were very disappointed. And looking at Luka Doncic's play, I mean, I, I think the argument's done now that if anyone wants to have the conversation, if you were to build around any player right now starting a franchise, it would be Luka Doncic. He, he just turned 23, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's been he's been dominating in the EuroLeague since he was 16, uh, and you know, I think if you go back and you you if, if, like any, I would I would suggest any casual or any obsessive NBA fan, not just a Maverick fan, to go back and look at the Euroleague games in which he's playing in these packed arenas with smoke incessant throughout the arena, crazy fans, armed security guards with AKs. I mean, my my guy CJ talked about it last night on Twitter. I mean, the, the Euroleague is an incredibly uh, potent league and he he was a pro basically at, he moved out of his house when he was 13 he turned pro when he was 14 years old uh and and you know he's playing in the acb in the early the two best leagues in the world other than the nba so he's never scared you know and you know with luca that he's going to come to play and it, it, sometimes he won't make shots but he's never going to back down and that's a great point i mean i don't know you know there's a few other guys in that conversation you know of building a franchise around but ultimately luca Doncic is sensational and He's only he's only going to get better, you know, and I love that his game, Scott, is so cerebral. You know, he's not dunking on people. You know, I thought that pirouette back down move he had on Mikhail Bridges, one of the best defenders in the league, said a lot. You know, he can get to the basket and get to the line whenever he wants. Jordan Schultz, NBA and NFL insider. You follow him on Twitter at Schultz underscore report. Joining me, Scott Seidenberg here, 98.7 ESPN. Well, I think the other guy that, that is certainly in the conversation with Luca is Jason Tatum. Jordan, and look at what the Celtics have done. There's no argument that since the end of January, they've been the yeah. best team in the NBA. Uh, are you a little bit surprised, though, to see them as the favorite in this Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat, who are the one seed and have home court advantage? Yeah, I picked Miami before the before the um, playoffs to go to the finals, um, and I also picked Phoenix. So there you go. <laughs> um, but I, I do love the Heat. I think that the Heat are a very complete team with a ton of weapons themselves. But if you to, to your point about Tatum, one of the hardest things, Scott, is for young players, especially guys who have had success like Tatum, to actually go against what got them there sometimes. So in Tatum's case, he's a great jump shooter. He's great when he gets into that rhythm pull up. He's really good on the ball screen too, but sometimes you got to attack the basket when you're not making shots. I know that D book was criticized for it last night. Dallas really catered their whole defense to him. Milwaukee did some of the same things to Tatum, and yet he was still able to get to the free throw line sometimes when he struggled. I thought he did not play great in Game Five, but his focus in Game Six to say I'm gonna I'm gonna carry us regardless of what happens, and I'm gonna take the onus was really special. And he's not even 25 himself. He's one of the great young players in the league. I think he has become he went from good to great to now really transcendent and, and Boston has a legit shot to win a title as a result uh, we went this far without talking about the Golden State Warriors uh, are you bothered by their inconsistencies this postseason well I think with Golden State you know they they they've had so many injuries specifically to Steph um, and Clay and obviously you know there's other guys, other guys as well you, you've seen GP go out obviously they haven't had Wiseman um, the, the, the biggest thing with Golden State to me, and I, I, I'll i go back to a game they played against the Suns about uh, three weeks before the playoffs. I, I was there 
uh, in Golden State or in San Francisco. And I, I saw a Clay Thompson who was not the Clay that we're accustomed to seeing, Scott. He, he just wasn't the same guy. Um, he looked out of rhythm. He, he, he just did not have the same lift on his jump shot. I thought he was a half a step slow. And how he's performed in the playoffs, to me, is the biggest difference. You know, I think we all knew what we, what we would get from Steph, even though he was coming back from injury. But Clay, who didn't, who didn't play basketball for two years, has been incredible. And that's the biggest thing for me. Because when Clay plays great, and Steph's obviously at that level, then you don't, then you don't have to rely as much on Draymond, and he can be that third guy. Uh, facilitating. So I, I'm really impressed with Golden State. And to me, this is a lopsided series with the Warriors and Mavs. I, I, I pick Golden State in five, but um, you know, I love to be wrong as selfishly as an NBA fan. While I have you, Jordan, you've been breaking a ton of NFL news on Twitter at Schultz underscore report. Uh, the latest was the Jarvis Landry signing with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that makes New Orleans a sneaky, underrated team going into the season. I know a lot of people are down on yeah. them. No Sean Payton and whatnot, but they have some pieces there. They do, they do, and I'm, I'm excited about them, Scott, because the offense, specifically the receivers. You know, Michael Thomas coming back. They draft Chris Olave in the first round out of Ohio State, and now they bring in Jarvis Landry. And you know, then let's not forget about Kamara, who, you know, even if he's suspended, they have Mark Ingram there, and I think Jameis Winston was playing great before he got injured last year. So. I'm excited about the Saints. That division is somewhat open. Obviously, the Bucs will be favored. I think Atlanta and Carolina are both in rebuilding mode, clearly. But the Saints are a super sleeper to me. They have pass rushers. They have a pretty good defense. I say a very good defense, honestly. I think they're going to really surprise some people this year. Uh, that, that's a team that I think you could be looking at you know, in a few months going into the season and suddenly – you know, before you before you look, they're six and two, and they're in the playoff hunt. I, I like the Saints a lot. What about the Dolphins, Jordan, who have made some moves this offseason? Obviously, Tyreek Hill, but as you reported, uh, Melvin Ingram signing. Uh, how do you like Miami's chances this year? Miami is a playoff team, and the only question mark they have is the quarterback. And I know that he hasn't been great. Let's you know, let's let's be real. He has not been great since coming into the league as a really high pick. But ultimately, when you bring in that kind of speed, and they have Gasecki too who's basically a, a wide receiver hybrid playing tight end. So they have a ton, a ton of matchup problems they present. They have, they have like seven running backs. They brought in Raheem Mostert. They brought in Chase Edmonds. They have Gaskin. I mean, that's a really interesting team offensively and an offensive coach in Mike McDaniel. One of the criticisms that Mike McDaniel or really Kyle Shannon has had, Scott, is that when he has multiple players that are really good, you know, skill position guys, he'll leave one to cater to the other. In other words, Kittle had that great season, and then, you know, they went to Debo, and Kittle started to taper off. The Debo gets hurt, and Kittle has like a 200-yard game or whatever it was. That's the type of thing that cannot happen in Miami with a young quarterback like Tua. So what I would say is Mike McDaniel is the perfect hire for them. I love it. I think he's going to do a great job. But you have to make sure that with someone like Tua, you're taking care of Waddle, Hill, Gusecki, all these guys, and not just focusing on one and then going to the next guy the next game. You know, it has to be a balanced attack and not just six, seven-yard outs like we saw last year with Tua. Get him in a rhythm, sure, but make sure you're force-feeding all these great players. And then you think about defense. They, they, they re-up with Emmanuel Ogba. Um, they have Christian Wilkins. They have Xavier Howard, who they extended. They have Nick Needham, Javon Holland, a really good young safety at Oregon, and you know, yesterday when I broke the Melvin Ingram news, I had a couple of GMs, assistant GMs say, what, what, what do you think Miami 
did it? Did, was it necessary for them to bring it in? Because they already have a, a lot of edge guys, including, you know, Phillips, Jalen Phillips and Van Ginkle. And the bottom line is you can never have too many mm-hmm. pass rushers in this league, especially in the AFC East when you're talking about Josh Allen and Mac Jones and ultimately uh, um, uh, Wilson as well. So I really love the Dolphins. I love the Mike McDaniel hire and I am all in on them. You know, they still have some issues at right guard and center. Um, but ultimately, this team is really, really good on paper. Jordan, I appreciate the time and the conversation as always, my friend. Take care. Okay, you too, buddy. Thank you. There he is, NFL and NBA insider Jordan Schultz. Hit him up on Twitter at Schultz underscore report. This is the Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN.